Hi guys, we're back at the What About podcast. I'm Owen, and hopefully if you're a regular listener, you know the format by now. We're diving into interesting topics about local church, chatting to leaders and getting the lowdown on how churches can impact their communities, react to current issues and open discussions. In each of these sessions, we want to dig deep into why we do what we do theologically, uh, but also talk about practically how that belief shapes our daily lives. Today we're continuing our series on God will see you through, looking at challenging areas and seasons of life with those who have gone through them or those who support those who are in those seasons. And today we're going to be talking about the whole area of finance and financial issues. Today we're going to be chatting to Julie Coates, who's the manager of the Hailsham Food Bank, and Catherine Mudford, who's the Community Money Advice Administrator for Christchurch. Welcome both of you. Hello. Hello amazing it'd be great for you guys to just introduce yourselves so listeners at home who may not be aware of you guys know a bit about you julie do you want to kick us off yeah so i'm julie i manage Halsham food bank and i also manage the Halsham community money advice for Christchurch. i'm married with two grown-up children and that's me amazing catherine yeah i'm i'm catherine i'm owen's wife and uh, i'm here as the community money advice administrator it means i work with julie at the food bank supporting people through there as a hub when i'm not there i'm doing youth work with the town council which is fantastic or probably sat at home watching something interesting on tv but that's me Amazing. Wonderful. So obviously both of you have a professional link into sort of this world and into supporting those who are currently struggling with financial issues. And I know you both are incredibly experienced in in that area. Julie, what do you see, what are you seeing at the moment in terms of on the ground, working with those who are struggling financially? Obviously you've seen over the last four, six years, how long have you been at the Helsham Food Bank? I think about eight. Eight, eight years. Mm. You've seen obviously a a slight change and progression what does that look like and what have you seen over the last eight years and, and what does that look like now okay we've definitely seen people's attitude to the food bank change over that time where people perhaps didn't quite understand who was using the food bank thought it was a particular person and hadn't realized that actually it can be anybody who needs our help And I think particularly COVID impacted people's view as well, because so many people who were working found themselves struggling. So that's one huge change, kind of people's outlook on the work we do. And we've definitely seen people, I'd say actually in the past few months, we've seen a huge increase of people who've never used a food bank before needing our help, particularly with this issue with the gas and electricity. Hmm. Uh, You mentioned, I suppose, the what people expect someone who goes to a food bank looks like changing um do you want to tell us a little bit more about that in terms of what what would that sort of on a stereotypical level what what were people thinking who's going to a food bank and what does it look like now i suppose in terms of people's hope for people's awareness okay so the stereotypical view that people would have is that it's somebody who's not working doesn't want to work drinks and smokes Mm. and that's why people thought people come into the food bank but actually it's people quite often who are working who have just fallen on hard times have mental health issues health issues unexpected bills there's so many reasons but there is absolutely no stereotypical person Hmm. Catherine what's your what's your experience been in, in in that area yeah so my experience compared to Julie's is not quite as extensive having only been 
professionally in this role for a, a few months but I think what I am noticing um, is that the people who are accessing services like the food bank like CMA we're seeing kind of an increase in people who have been working and are just in need of a bit of additional support or people who have been working up until recently and for various health issues haven't been able to. We've had a couple instances of people whose housing situation has had to change quite drastically, quite quickly for various reasons. And that has led to financial hardship in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think we're seeing quote unquote very normal people who are just experiencing our world and our culture as we see it at the moment and who are at a place where they are willing to or have the mental capacity um, the emotional capacity to admit that they need some help to admit that they've been overwhelmed by their circumstances um, which is why sometimes it can take people a bit of time to get in touch with us and it means sometimes we're dealing with more complicated situations but it really is when um, people have got to the point where they have no feel like they have no choice but to get help or feel solid enough within themselves to pursue some help. And I think that's really important when we, I suppose, we start this conversation in the sense of, because, you know, you might be listening in and thinking, oh, yeah, actually, when Julie said about that stereotype of the someone who uses a food bank, that you might think, oh, yeah, that's actually the view that I have. But I think it is really important that we frame the conversation of actually we all go through ups and downs in all areas of life, including financially. I mean, I, I think, you know, we can testify that we've had times where it's been, you know, a bit closer to the bone at times when we've had a bit more and, that, and that's yeah, the case for everyone but for some people you know it is that that big bill that you know dishwasher breaks that car mot needs a bit more work or, or those things actually to mm. struggling a bit more and that's that's quite quite normal and sadly is becoming more normal in the the world that we live in you mentioned a little bit about both of you about and i suppose the the recent changes in terms of gas bills, electricity. So are you seeing a lot more increase in terms of people coming to you and saying, actually, I've seen my bills increase in these areas. There's, you know, and because of that, these other areas have now flagged up. So, you know, if they've had debt in the past and just suddenly they're struggling to keep on top of it. Yeah, so we've definitely seen people, yeah, who have got, if they're on a pay meter because obviously that's impacted them straight away at least if you have a bill coming in you've got the option to negotiate your payments but risking you're going to go into debt if you're not paying enough but with the pay meters you have to pay for the electricity you're using at that time and we've just got people who haven't got the money mm. to pay. And so we have got through other places. We go through Sussex Energize. Citizens Advice can help. So there is some help available, but it's very limited. So that's what we're doing at the moment, trying to actually help people with their fuel bills so that that is something that isn't adding to sort of yeah their income or expenditure rather, which is being stretched at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I think we've seen... A couple of cases recently as well of people who are coming out of things like the rent mor moratorium in COVID who aren't yet able to get back to work, but they are kind of the threat of losing housing is starting to creep back up again. Whereas for the, the past little while, it's been a bit more manageable and there's been a bit more grace for them to live. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So the in in terms of you said obviously people who are on the the pay meter. So what sort of things you, can you put in place there if someone comes to you and says these are the areas? Is it so it's contacting 
other organizations such as CAB and, and people like that and then they liaise with them or? Yeah, so the first one we go through is something called Sussex Energise who have funding for this area and they ring and do an energy appointment with people so they might be able to suggest ways in which they can conserve some energy. They might send through curtains with liners to kind of stop drafts and things but they can actually give the money towards fuel and if they have fuel debt they can negotiate with the companies as long as the debt is still with the company and citizens advice also have funding for that sort of thing so yeah we're sort of making sure that people get that help sooner rather than let that debt build up or obviously not be without electricity before Mm. they need to go to Catherine because actually they've got huge debts they've accrued and I suppose a lot of people probably listening in, I think I probably jumped to that conclusion a little bit in terms of seeing it in terms of financial help. But those things that you said of lined curtains, doing those things that practically will lessen energy bills, all of those practical things are incredibly helpful. And I suppose as well, if you're, it might be more of a holistic thing in terms of if you're, the reason why the, the bills might be higher is you might need to have them higher or, you know, the housing you're in isn't adequate, all those mm-hmm. different things, which are added elements that maybe you might not think of in those environments. And Catherine, for you, sort of what are the main areas of debt that sort of, I suppose you're seeing if people come to you and say, I've got debts, bills, etc. What What do they normally look like? Yeah, so the majority of the clients that I'm working with at the moment have multiple debts in multiple areas. But I think the main categories we're seeing are rent slash mortgage areas, energy utility bills. And then on top of that, there's a likelihood of things like credit cards where people have just needed a line of credit in order to, you know, make ends meet. And then it's come back round as they've kicked that can down the road. We've then also walked down the road and that's the point where kind of we and the team have been able to step in. Mm. And what does that support process look like in terms of someone comes to you for CMA or they come through to Food Bank and you say, actually, they say, "I, I could do some desk advice support. What does that practically look like when you take them through that system? Yeah, so if someone comes to us either to CMA directly or through the food bank and expresses that they'd like some debt support, I think it mainly starts with we sit down and have a have a chat. We prefer to do that in person just so that they can get a bit of a feel for us. We can get a feel for them. And we explain how the system works, the fact that we need to sign some paperwork to release us to do things, the fact that we offer advice and support in some areas but we're not kind of financial managers ultimately what we want for our clients is to see them grow in confidence grow in their skills and develop a a much stronger sense of agency that they can deal with these things and that they can kind of stand their ground when they need to so yeah we like to sit and explain what it is that we can offer how we can apply for different methods of debt relief or negotiate with their creditors and then we kind of work with them we ask people what they would like to do what route they would like to pursue in alleviating their debt how they'd like to deal with things and then we have some kind of behind the scenes processes things like differentiating between priority debts and non-priority debts that's set in a very specific way and there are systems that we follow in that and processes for how we talk to creditors how we negotiate repayments things like that that are regulated and that we're trained in but yeah so mainly in terms of the client experience it's them coming and expressing that they're happy to work with us and what they'd like to do and we can give them a few options as to how we get to their end goal and they help decide and we try and support them in doing a, a lot of 
some of that work themselves, but we also do a lot as well, um, ultimately to, yeah, to see people get debt free. Amazing. I mean, Julie, from what Catherine was saying, that sounds um, to be, I suppose, a lot, um, obviously a lot of the areas are areas that you do as professionals. However, it sounds quite client led in, in many ways in terms of them taking ownership, them knowing the goals, where they want to go, where they want to be. Is that something important in terms of general work? Because I know obviously with the food bank, when I was there for a bit, that whole area of giving dignity, that whole area of clients taking ownership is really important. And I suppose this is, something, is that something you extend all throughout those areas? Yeah, definitely. Ultimately, we don't want the food bank to have to exist, but all the time that people are needing us, we're there. But it's definitely with the aim of supporting people to the help they need so that they can help themselves. That's ultimately what we want to do so that people can become debt free, but not just debt free, understand perhaps how the debt arose and how they can sort of help you know with their money going forward how they can manage that much better and little tips like energy advice that actually they perhaps don't get into that debt in the future so we're definitely looking for people to sort of be able to help themselves Mm. and that sort of I suppose education of how people didn't for most of the people who are coming through by the sounds of it, they don't, there's not an awareness that no one's ever taught them sort of those structures of what it looks like to financially plan maybe to what it looks like to plan debts or, or, or take those different things. Is that something that you think needs to be spoken about wider, that whole education of people in terms of financial planning, what's wise financial administration possibly in day-to-day life? Is that, do you think that's lacking maybe in, in our society? I'd say it probably is, but there's also another aspect, which is mental health, mm. which is a huge impact. A lot of the people we're working with, whether it's at the food bank or definitely at CMA, have mental health issues which are arising, which is having that impact on them that they're not in a place to deal with the debt yeah it's, it's mm. a huge impact mm. so there is the education side but there's also a yeah help with mental health that people get the support they need there needs to be better education for people to manage their basics you know how they can make their money last mm. what are not good ideas to get into debt and not buy things you can't afford if they're not essential but definitely I think help with mental health is something else that needs to be looked at Mm. yeah definitely I think that there is very much kind of a gap in our society for financial conversation as well as financial education I don't think it's particularly normal in British culture to talk about the state of your finances and where you're at if anyone listening is used to that then it'd be great to have a conversation about how you get to that point because we'd love to pass those skills on to our clients but yeah as Julie said it's mental and physical health problems where people have been through illnesses which affect their memory and affect their capacity levels we have some clients who are in need of financial education who struggle to stay on top of things and we have some clients who have administrative skills and are very capable but there are other factors which contribute to maybe their anxiety Mm. or the feeling of overwhelm um, which means they just need a bit of help to put one foot in front of the other because they have the skills it's just being able to apply them to something that can feel really big and scary and for someone who's maybe listening who's thinking actually i love the idea of supporting people but i'm not a 
financial guru i suppose that's a positive because you need both you know don't mm, you need definitely. you need someone obviously you need to be able to support people in terms of the financial side however actually you need people who can come alongside and support and befriend and and, and do all that side as well yeah. um yeah it's something that i was thinking of when in preparing this that sort of societal i suppose stigma that we often sort of see around finance asking for help for finance um and I think I suppose in many ways it's led to the the rise of the Wonga style <laughs> advert things, but which you do sort of in secret because actually you don't want to ask publicly mm-hmm. for help because that's seen as shameful. Um, what are some of the ways that I suppose as a society, as a culture, we can get better at that? We can try and remove stigma around that whole area. Yeah, I think it is interesting how we're seeing a rise in those things, especially at a time where we're seeing kind of the financial costs to everyday life go up as well. I think there are a few ways that we can work with the people around us, work with our friends and our family and loved ones to manage these things. And I think it takes a real boldness to be willing to open those doors to start those conversations to have a couple awkward conversations about money so that you can have a few more less awkward conversations about money um and something that is quite a key component of a lot of the youth work that i've been involved in over the years is this idea of poverty proofing and we plan events as we do things being mindful of the people who might be experiencing financial hardship and accommodating that as much as possible there's a sense of it comes to the greater issue of inclusion doesn't it really the sense of we want everyone to feel invited and welcomed and included that they can feel at home especially in church and especially in church family we don't want people to feel isolated or shamed because of their personal circumstances but for, there is something about the issue of money that seems to do that and still has that kind of connotation in our culture. And I think we're getting better in other areas like talking about mental health, like talking about issues of addiction, supporting people through different life stages. But there is something about money in particular that can feel quite secretive and generally secretive things are shameful things. So being willing to breach those barriers gracefully, gently, but directly and being honest with those in our immediate communities that we see in life because it's not until we know what's going on that we can support well um yeah so that sense of generally being inclusive and being mindful that people could be struggling with financial hardship but then being willing to press in to our relationships and find out if that's actually the case so that you can find the right more specific support for people if they are in that situation Hmm. And you mentioned there, obviously, the importance of inclusivity specifically in terms of church family. One of the great things about CMA and and the work that you do is you come at it not just through a statutory point of view, but you come with that spiritual element, which is different. It is a different sort of style of support. And I suppose to start on that slightly more spiritual side of it as well, what do you feel is God's heart for people who are in debt, Julie? Yeah, so in the Bible, we know that there have always been people in need. And so we do our best to help, but we know there always will be. But I think it's just that compassion and that what we're doing is showing God's love to people. It's we want to help people, but we also want to demonstrate God's love. And I think that's 
makes the way that we deal with people very different. If somebody goes to a debt agency for help, it's very much, you know, sorting out that particular thing and that's all they have time for. And I think when people come to the food bank or to the CMA, it's just different conversations can be had for that reason. Mm. Mm, Definitely. I think that there are so many ways you could answer that question and what you know what are what is God's heart for people who are in financial need I think that one particular kind of biblical picture that I find really helpful I think it's in it's in the law I can't tell you where I'll have to look it up afterwards so that I can pull out the reference at a future time but there's kind of legal instructions on how to care for your community care for those around you and one of those principles is of allowing for the gleaning of the field and for farmers those who have wealth who have assets intentionally leaving a certain proportion of their resources rather than harvesting it all and just giving it to people in need the kind of the biblical principle is to leave some and allow those in need to come and collect what they need and there's just like a really incredible complex approach to that of both being mindful of those in our community who need help making sure they have access to the help and resources they need but there's a greater kind of giving of dignity allowing people to have autonomy agency to you know put themselves to what needs doing and being mindful that it's not just a case of you know putting cash in hand putting food in hand even though that is incredibly needed at the moment and we're seeing a lot of people find relief through that that there's a bigger picture there in God's instruction and in God's teaching to allow people to function as independent people and to feel whole and free and to have dignity in how they provide for themselves and how they exist as part of the community. I think people want to feel like they can contribute, whether it be to their household, to their family or to the wider community. And so how can we be creative in people being able to do that whilst also getting the help they need, whether it be in the short term through things like the food bank or CMA? Yeah, I think there's two things that came to mind when you were both speaking, I suppose, is that there's there's the sense of the biblical principles of looking after, you know, the widows and orphans, the poor, mm. vulnerable, God's heart for those who are downtrodden, specifically who've been downtrodden by those in power and who are unrighteously wielding that power. Mm. And I think, you know, I'm not going to get political and that's not the point of this podcast, but there's a sense of those in power having a responsibility to support rather than downtrod. And I think sometimes mm. we don't see that as we should across the world. But then secondly, there's that spiritual element of those in debt and that area of shame and hiding. And that really has roots in terms of, you know, we look at Genesis 3 straight away, you know, shame. Once sin comes into the world, Adam and Eve, they hide and they try and cover themselves because they're ashamed of their situation. And that sense of in Christ, what is darkness there? The light of Christ should shine into that situation Mm. and the love of Christ should shine into the situation. And there shouldn't be shame. You know, there shouldn't be hiding in those situations. And for those who are struggling, there should be an awareness that actually specifically if you're in a church setting, my prayer would be that the culture is one of such openness and vulnerability 
that you can feel like you can be open with those people you trust because that's God's heart for his church. And that's what the church should then try and reflect and reflect out to the world and things like CMA, the food bank, etc. I suppose my prayer would be that God's heart would be seen in that, that, you know, mm. people can be open. They know they can trust you. They know that you'll you'll look after them and, and support them and, and tell them when actually they need to stop as well. Like, you know, part of the Christian message is not, oh yeah, that's fine. We'll just keep, you know, saying you're doing fine and encouraging you even when you're doing things wrong. Part of the Christian teaching is is conviction when, you know, you're not doing things well but doing that in love and support and i suppose that that underpins a lot of the things that you guys do in in both areas i hopefully that's okay up unless i said yeah, anything no, that's yeah. wrong there that's pretty well said i was saying that there's a difference between kind of graceful conviction yes which comes with you know a loving outstretched hand and says i will walk through this with you and you know the shameful condemnation that we see you know culturally in a more kind of quote unquote worldly mm. sense that you have done things wrong, therefore you should feel shame. We don't want anyone coming through our our doors to experience that, even if they are in need of some correction. I think, I'm sure it's true for you, Julie, but also for myself that as much as it can be difficult or potentially frustrating when people are, don't, when people are in positions that feel very stuck and you want to kind of shake them, <laughs> is that you don't shake them, but you approach them in love and you have that conversation with grace and gentleness. It doesn't make those conversations quote unquote easy, but it should make them easier because you want to be bringing hope ultimately rather than contributing to that kind of stuck feeling. We're going to draw to a close sort of on this last bit, but what I'm very aware whenever we do these podcasts that actually, you know, there are going to be very different types of people listening in. You know, some people might be saying, oh, isn't this interesting? I'd never really thought of that before. Some people might be really struggling with this. Some people might be supporting someone who's struggling or wants to be in that supporter befriend, befriender role that we've spoken about. Um, Julie, someone's listening in. They're saying, actually, I'm really struggling with debt, really struggling financially, but I can't talk to someone about it. What, what would you say to that person? Okay, so obviously any of the elders at church, anybody at church, you can speak to confidentially and they can refer you on to us if you don't want to come to us directly. But yeah, we're absolutely there for anybody. And it, from experience, I know it is hard to sort of vocalise financial struggles for various reasons and it is what other people will think and assume that might not be correct but yeah whatever reason people are struggling for yeah just speak to someone and we're very happy to help and Catherine maybe for someone who's listening in and going actually what you're doing sounds great how can I support how can I help what, what are different ways that people can get involved yeah excellent question and one of the best ways to get involved is to come and ask what we need really at the food bank and at CMA I think something that I've realized as I've gotten into the role is that the current CMA team is fantastic and if any of you are listening very grateful for the team that we have at the moment but if you would be interested in supporting people I'd say not to be intimidated by the fact that it is a financial service ultimately the thing that I think is most valuable for the CMA team are people who are able to sit 
with people, able to sit with people who are potentially in distress and be a friendly face and who can fill in paperwork, who don't mind a form or an email. And the things that are kind of more complicated than that are part of my job. So if, yeah, if you think you'd be willing to to sit and support and encourage people and to fill out forms, which I can then process, then you'd be a very grateful addition to the CMA team. And I believe it's much the same skill set for the food bank, just being a people person a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that sort of love and non-judgmental mm-hmm. is just so important to people when you're listening to them. Amazing. Thank you so much, both of you, for coming on and, and for chatting about this. If you want to find out more, then please check out the Helsham Food Bank website. Check us out on social media at Christchurch. And there's a we recently shared a post from CMA, so you can see some of the stuff they're doing. Get in contact with the office if uh, either of those things spoke to you, whether you need that support or if you like to support people, please contact the office, chat to someone. We'd love to chat with you more thank you so much for listening in hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast and let's go out and support people and love people 